Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too on demand. So it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, here we go. It is Miami week. It is a very special week every year, but special couple weeks for Buffalo Bills fans. And this week, just a little bit more special, maybe. Welcome into It's Always Game Day in Buffalo, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovee. Matt, the hype is really, really kind of off the chain, I guess the kids would say, but it is uh, rolling down the tracks pretty, pretty hard. And maybe more so for because of the Miami Dolphins, but this game yeah. itself, I've been right reading places say it's the game of the year already here in week four. Yeah, it's crazy. I was thinking about this the other day. It's not the most anticipated Bills regular season game like in a while, just because they've played in so many of them, but I kind of think it is at home. I was thinking about big regular season games that have happened at home, and none of them immediately jumped to mind. Honestly, Miami last year kind of jumped to mind, but the weather was a part of that game, and it was just kind of a weird atmosphere. They obviously sneak out a win. All of these big games that they play with all this anticipation feels like it's on the road. So it's nice to kind of have one of those now in Orchard Park again. You think about all the trips to Kansas City. You think about starting the season on the road in L.A., starting the season on the road in New York. Like there's a lot of big stages the Bills have played on. Most of them, though, in the regular season have not been in Orchard Park. And I think that is a big advantage for the Bills this week. It's you get to play the Dolphins in a stadium where they have not won since Rex Ryan was their coach. And that game ended in overtime because you had 10 players on the field and then Rex Ryan was fired not much a couple days after that basically so I know this is not the same old Dolphins and they're really really good but I do think when you have a close game having home field advantage helps 
You can find Matt at WKBW TV Channel 7. I'm on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're actually recording way earlier than we normally do. It's 7 a.m. And I have to tell you, I'm a coffee drinker. I think you caught your coffee drinker, right? Yeah, here. I just made a cup right okay. now. Well, I'm a little mad at you because I can't have coffee this morning. I have to get, I have to get some blood work, so I've had to fast for the last 12 hours, which means I can't have coffee right now before I get my blood work done. So I'm uh, at seven in the morning. I have to perk up. This is the only time we do this. I'm like, and I, I can't even have coffee before I do it. Well, that stinks. But what stinks more is going to bed and then at midnight waking up to your baby screaming because she is cutting two teeth, even though she already has two. So oh, that was that okay. was at midnight. And then at 2 a.m. she woke up again. And my wife and I were trying to alternate. So she gets yeah. a night. I get a night. Yeah. So tonight, this was my night. So midnight, go upstairs, you know, like trying to figure out what's going on. And then the next couple hours later, go upstairs again. Now she's inconsolable. So at midnight, uh, it was let's give her a bottle and that should help. And then at two, it was no, dad, these teeth are just really, really hurting. So now you put Orgel on their lips and their gums to try and make them, you know, feel a little bit more comfortable in hour from two to three of just her screaming in the middle of the night. Uh, then you try and go back to sleep. You don't. So, yeah, I haven't slept. So I might fall asleep literally while we're recording right now. So I apologize if that does happen. Well, I feel bad for you, but I feel worse for her, obviously. So just so you know. Oh, yeah, it stinks. I'm like, <laughs> oh, little girl, I wish I could just take yeah, this no. pain away from you. I know. Thanks. No doubt. All right. So here we are, ready to rock and roll, talk about Bill's Dolphins. And I think you have to start with this matchup on the Miami Dolphins offensive side, the Bills defensive side, because that's where Miami's setting records. They've scored 70 points last week. They're just a machine. They're unbelievable. 43 points a game they've scored so far through three games in the uh, NFL season 2023. Uh, it's just remarkable. Their their speed is incredible. Sean McDermott has mentioned many times about their speed. It's just unreal team speed, he said. The, uh, players that we've talked to talk about their speed. I mean, they literally have put together like a track team. It's you could put them out there on a four by one, and they would have the they would win probably against any team in the league. But they might compete with some professional four by one teams. That's how good they are, how fast they are. Um, I don't know how you slow it down. I don't know how you stop it. I should say maybe I think the only thing you try to do is slow it down to make them work a little harder and not allow that speed to just take over the game, Matt. Yeah, they're an incredibly dynamic team. If you've listened to this podcast at any point over the last year and a half, you know how I feel about the Miami Dolphins and especially how I feel about Mike McDaniel. I think he is an unbelievable offensive-minded coach, and he puts his team in positions to succeed, especially on offense. And I think Tua has made significant strides, but I also think Tua is you know in the perfect system for him and he's accelerating that's not to take away anything from him it's just like man the system is so impressive so yeah i think it's a really tough task for the bills i think it's a really really hard game but i also want to say they scored 24 points two weeks ago so the truth always lies somewhere in the middle are they the team that scored 70 points well they did it so good for them but they're not going to do that every week are they the team that scored 24 points against a much better defense like the patriots Okay, they'll probably score more than 24, but they're somewhere in the middle. And I think the Bills defense is a heck of a lot closer to the Patriots and talent level than it is to the Broncos. So I think that for you, for the Bills, then I always like to think about it. as like, what's the number, right? If you know, going into this game, the Bills will hold this team to a certain number. Do you feel confident that they win? And for me, it's under 30. 
I think if the Bills hold the Dolphins under 30 points, you like your offense enough that you should be able to go and win this game at home where Josh has a big day. He's done it multiple times against the Dolphins, and you get a win. I know that's easier said than done, but I don't think they're hanging up 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 on the Bills. I just do not see that happening, even though there are a couple really concerning matchups from the Bills standpoint. I just think they're so fundamentally sound and their pass rush is so improved that it will cover up some of those deficiencies. Yeah, we'll get to the offense and what they can do in this game in a little while. But on the defensive side for the Bills, watching that offense, Miami, you're going to see so many different things. I talked with some players in the locker room and Sean McDermott about how do you not allow all of the motion to distract you? How do you not all, allow all that eye candy to kind of trick you up? That's what Miami's going to do. They're going to run all this motion, and they're going to put all these guys in different spots, and you, you they're going to want you to kind of react to that. Mm-hmm. And I really like you know the response from pretty much everybody was, you can't worry about that. You just do what your job is in front of you. Like Ed Oliver said, I, I'm not locked in the backfield for all the motion. I'm, I'm concentrating on my job in front of me. Taron Johnson, he's a guy that's going to have to deal with some of that with the way that they move around Tyree Kill, but he said, and, and other guys, but he said the same thing. He said, you know, you just have to play your, your spot. You have to play your job. So I don't think the Bills are going to get like super exotic in this game on defense. That's not what, the, not what they do anyway. And I don't think that would be the right approach to suddenly change that. As you said, they're a fundamentally sound defense. They play where they're supposed to play. They are where they're, where they're supposed to be. And I think that's how they're going to approach this game. I think this is a the thing that's about this game, though, is far different than the, the first two, but especially last week. Like Sam Howell last week held on to the ball. You had a yeah, chance, and they got to him. Nine sacks. Two right? it is not. Two it is not. And, and that's part of the offense. It's all timing. It's all timing-based, which is he takes the ball, he takes two steps, three steps, bam, the ball is out of his hands. The Bills will have to disrupt that in some way. So the other way to disrupt that is try to maybe disrupt the receivers off the line. Maybe you play a little bit closer. Maybe you do things to make sure that they can't, be to their spot when they're supposed to be there. But I don't think blitzing is the way to go here, Matt, because I don't think you'll get home with a blitzer considering how quickly no. they want to get rid of the football. I asked Greg Rousseau for a quarterback that gets the ball out of his hand so fast. What do you do? You know, you're not going to have him holding onto the ball for yep. three or four seconds like Sam Howell was. And he's like, you have to just make it your job to disrupt the quarterback, not even get to the quarterback. So if yep. that means jumping up in the air with your hands in the air to try and block his window or pushing the person in front of you into the next person to try and take him out, like that's what they need to do. They need to do something to disrupt to uh, and to shake that timing off all of the success right is there's so much stuff that they take advantage of in the middle of the field so for the in the middle of the field so if you're the bills i think you got to try and figure out a game plan of how do we force him to try and throw it outside of the numbers and if you do that then you might be able to have success i think two is really good at a couple things one of them is those short and intermediate throws in the middle of the field that are three-step drop boom you've got somebody open eight-yard gain, or obviously deep shots to both Hill and to Waddle. I think in years past, I would have felt much better about the Bills keeping all of those deep shots in front of them. But now that they're a little bit older, a touch slower, and Hill and Waddle are just so fast, I've seen both of those guys score deep touchdowns against this exact secondary. So that's concerning. But I do like that Trey is healthier and coming off of a game where there's confidence and an interception. Christian Benford looks good. Makes you wonder, do we see, do we see Kyrie Elam at all this week? I don't know. Looked pretty good against Miami a couple times last year. Physical. 
maybe this is the week that they bring him out. It, it's just weird to me because I've seen that question thrown around. I just don't know, Kyrie Elam, if you go from not being active to playing significant snaps. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that's a risk, um, especially like you're not going to start him. Uh, my colleague on WGR, Joe DiBiase, says, hey, start Kyrie Elam. And I, no. I disagree with that. I don't think you no. start him because – you just want to take Christian Benford off the field. You're starting corner. I mean, he's on there because he's there because he's a starting corner. I understand Kyrie Lim has different traits, but you go from active to starting. That's a big deal. However, I don't disagree that maybe there's a role for Kyrie Lim this week that you can have him active for the game. The bills are also a little bit banged up in the secondary, not too worried about that. Some guys, especially the safeties, well, I think they'll probably get through it and they'll be okay. We'll see where the week goes, but I think the way to do this is maybe what the Patriots did. Speaking of them, you said the Bills and the Patriots are kind of more similar. Well, I think the Bills can do what the Patriots did. They can play three safeties more. They can uh-huh. put Taylor Rapp on the field. They can keep things in front of them a little more. They can move those guys around. I think that's the way you take a little bit more of the way the middle of the field is three safety looks and saying, not, it doesn't have to be on first and second down, but especially on third downs, especially on longer downs, second and long. Put a third safety on the field and say, you're just not going to beat us over the top. We're going to make sure we keep everything in front of us. You know what? If you can nickel and dime us down the field, that's fine. Then we're going to make sure you don't score when you get in the red zone. Well, that's the thing, too. If you nickel and dime your way down the field, then you're taking up more time. And you're probably, you know, if you the Bills really are confident in their red zone defense, you like your offense enough that you would say, okay, we'll take that trade off. There's a couple interesting things here. The Miami offensive line at times has been a point of weakness. This season, Mm -hmm. it is not. They're off to an unbelievable start. A lot of, you know, analytics metrics say that they're the best offensive line in football. I think they've given up one sack. The question becomes, how do you approach that? Do you, because if I'm the Bills, if I'm Sean McDermott, they don't, they already don't blitz a lot. I'm not blitzing. I'm just saying we're going to rush four and we're going to make sure that we have somebody else in coverage or an extra safety, or we're doing everything we can to try and muck up the middle of the field and just hoping that our guys can disrupt. Or do you say, well, they're going to find their stuff anyway. Let's send the house. Let's do it more often. I don't think they will. I think they're going to blitz even less frequently than they have, which might be a little bit counterintuitive to hear for some people, but I think they're just going to keep everybody back. They'll rush their four guys, hope that they win their matchups, and maybe get to two once or twice. Yeah, I agree with that. And they will blitz once in a while, maybe on a certain timing to a certain play to say, okay, they're not expecting it. I, I think that can happen, but I agree. I mean, the more guys you have in coverage, you know, the more it's going to help you. But then there comes the Dolphins run game, which looks really dynamic as well. And you're going to have to make sure that you're buttoned up there as well. So you kind of have to pick your poison against this team. All right. On the but the Dol- side, but but the Dolphins run game goes back to nickeling and diming your way down the field. I mean, obviously, you're not going to give up. You don't want to give up a 50 yard run or an sure. 80 yard run or anything crazy like that. But if they are going to run the ball and they're going to take four or five, six yards of carry, I think if you're the Bills and you give oh, yeah. yourself an opportunity to get down to the red zone and only let them kick a field goal, you, you sign up for This is not a game. The Bills' d- defense will not shut down the Miami Dolphins. It's just not going to happen. It's limiting the big explosive plays and being opportunistic and trying to keep points off the board. So, you know, a great game right. against Miami is very different than a great game against Washington. A great game against Washington is nine sacks, five takeaways, and three points. A great game against Miami is... 24 points and maybe a takeaway and a couple sacks. It's a very different bar. For sure. Um, the Miami Dolphins run game 
would awesome so be <laughs> what you want to do and have them. You almost want to invite them to do it, mm-hmm. but you better tackle because they also can explode because they're very, very fast. So it's, it's got to be done <laughs> overall. You know, you can't just say, you know, make them one dimensional. This is a team that kind of can be two dimensional so far that we've seen run the ball and pass the ball. All right. On the flip side, the Buffalo bills, they have opportunity here. I think to score some points, they're going to have to do that. I think they're going to have to basically make sure that Sam Martin continues to be the few, have the fewest amount of punts along with the Miami Dolphins, the Dolphins, and the Bills have the fewest amount of points in the NFL, and I think that's where the Bills' offense has to go this week, too. 